Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. mushrooms i could talk for the next 18 hours probably without getting tired but no i i think really uh so uh i thought about this yesterday um you know paul stamets he's such a great advocate for mushrooms uh, guys yeah. like him guys like alan rockefeller they're the citizen scientists that love mushrooms um and, and they're such great advocates. They're really raising visibility of mycology, like a love for mycology on many levels. But I, I saw a little clip of Paul's TED Talk, that famous TED Talk about mushrooms can change the world. I saw a clip that showed up in a feed yesterday for me. And I've seen that a, a bunch of times. But, but again, it was echoing that message of, you know, mushrooms can save the world. And for some reason yesterday, it popped in my head like, the world doesn't need saving. The world's fine. We need the saving. We're right. what's, we need the healing. And that, so anyway, I don't know, maybe it's because I've been honing in on my mission statement. Maybe I, I'm really trying to focus on the healing aspect of this medicine. But I was like, wow, like the, the world, there is nothing wrong with the ecosystem of the earth. It is fine. Everything mm -hmm. that we label wrong with this world, it's us. Yeah. And in my experience, psilocybin can move us towards what, you know, what a lot of religions call enlightenment, self-awareness, self-understanding. Um, it's really like, uh, to use a metaphor, psilocybin is like, like we're the car, we're the vehicle. Psilocybin is the gas. And if you got the right integration, then you have the path and you can actually get somewhere new, somewhere better. So, you know, I don't know about you. I really don't know. I don't think I know anybody that's great and okay and there's nothing wrong no. with their lives. And I don't know anybody. No. And all I the think doctors I know are un unhappy. All the nurses I know are unhappy. Yeah. My kids are unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's unhappy. Yes. You know, it, there's just... We, we've lost something, and I, I, I think if anything can save us, it might be uh, an experience that you have uh, on psilocybin or MDMA or uh, you know some of these psychedelics. It just seems to be doing something different to our brains and allowing healing that all our other methods were not allowing for. No, and if you look at back at these older cultures and tribal cultures, you know they were. Um integrating that into their you know lives at young ages even i mean not just rites of passage but there are some some cultures that did integrate or integrate psychedelics into younger folk you know and younger people um so Absolutely. it's almost I mean, like 
If you've it's watched Joe like Rogan, you, you already know all the anthropologists and people that are going, hey, you know, we looked at these photos again and we looked at these relics again. Mushrooms are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's almost like mushrooms have been a part of our society or culture since the beginning. So, you know, it, it's almost like if we don't use them, then we don't, you know, we do kind of get lost. I like, like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, that we're we're off yeah uh, that maybe yeah. the whole of humanity you know what what is a homo sapien as we've evolved right you know what if the vast majority of that time we were consuming this fruit for a reason i mean it go, goes back right. to stone ape theory and stuff like that but yeah yeah right yeah, i think that's very likely i think all the major religions um have a lot of evidence that suggests all these spiritual experiences that the prophets and the important people from their histories have had likely had those with a little help. I think so too. And you can't Probably tell me the weren't. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me the first society that didn't grab that mushroom and have that macro dose, you know, just out of the blue. You know, you can't tell me right. that that particular individual did not feel like that was not a religious experience. I mean, Exactly. I could have created several gods, you know, over some macro doses. <laughs> I mean, if you want to create gods or if you want to meet some gods, you, you know, a little DMT blast off gets you sure, there a lot of times. That's a guaranteed uh, uh, almost. Uh, uh, <laughs> a, a macro dose of uh, mushrooms, you know, well above, let's say probably well above four will probably get you into some of those realms. And for me, I, I don't necessarily have to go down the whole rabbit hole of, it's reconnecting us to the the aliens that created us and all that. That might or might not be true. I don't know. If an alien can do all that, then it can definitely make sure I can't figure that out. Yeah. Um, but, but what it does suggest to me is that when our brains are rewired, there is a desire within our brains to go always go back to what is God? Mm -hmm. What are the big answers, right? Like all these questions and unanswered uh, philosophical turmoil that we have as human beings it seems like every time we get high enough, those are the things that psychedelics try to answer for us. What is a, mic a macro dose for uh, Myco Geeky? I mean, what is the cultigen? Okay, well, right? let's, let's, in, in let's start out. In the world of potency. Okay, in the world uh, of potency. You got, so let's we start out. Talk Let's start out a basic, just a basic golden teacher, you know, the old school five back grams. in the day, five grams. Okay. And then what about a, a nice ape or a, uh, like a two enigma? and a half, two and a half does it for me. I'm not, two and a now, half. I got guys Woo! in my discord. <laughs> I got guys in my discord regularly doing 10 to 15. Ugh. Um, and I, I do not endorse that at all. Um, these are people who have done plenty of mushrooms and are making their own decisions. Um, but yeah, there, I will say that clinically we almost never see people having psychotic breaks on mushrooms, but there is definitely a point where you're probably going to have a psychotic break. Uh, there, there is, while you're never going to overdose and die from, you know, ingesting psilocybin, you could definitely have a full blown psychotic episode that, that could definitely happen. Um, but I don't think you ne ever need to remotely approach that, nor do I think that the macro doses need to be had mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. Oh, no, no. Yeah. 
I, I know I don't. people who who do macro <sighs> doses on a right on a weekly basis. I yeah, no more than once a month for me. <laughs> I want, yeah, once it. a month is more than plenty. Yeah, I, I'm honestly yeah. with three kids. Uh, I, I'm pretty in love with 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 a museum dose. I, I get you. I get you. I and for me too. I for most part these days I do I do micro doses uh, intentionally during certain times. Um, and that works well for me because I do have kids too. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's not something you can just, you know, go around popping all day or something. A lot of times, especially with macro doses, you got to make a plan. You got to have your, where the oh, yeah. kid's going to be, you know, you got to haul, have all that laid out. Yeah, so is, you know, it, it, that's your kind of your pre, your pre-launch, um, ceremony, but I understand all that. Um, so what would you say to the community at large for the people that are just uh, finding you and finding cultivation and uh, want to get involved? What, what's your advice on that? I tell everybody the first. So I used to be uh, one of my previous careers. I was a salesman. I was extremely good at it uh, to the point where I ultimately got hired by a company to go around, and be a corporate trainer, teach good salesmen how to be better salesmen. So I love qualifying questions. So, uh, my first qualifying question is always, why do you want to grow? You got to be able to answer that question. Why you want to grow? Is it, I have this mental health issue. I heard that it might help for, okay, cool. Well then that response dictates all you need to do is as simply as possible, grow some fruit so that you, you can see what it's all about. See if it does something for you. If, if growing them, you have the experience that I had the first time I grew them, which was, you know, when we find mushrooms in the woods, they're done. They're there. Yeah. Right. We never watch a mushroom grow. So a cultivator that gets to watch mushrooms grow actually gets to experience this really special thing. Right. This is why like Ashley Boomer Shroomer, you know, on YouTube, People love her time-lapse videos and same with like Fantastic Fungi, uh, that, that documentary, seeing a time-lapse of a mushroom fruiting body grow. I mean, it's a magical thing. And uh, at least for me, it is the, the same way that when I built bespoke furniture and I always was showing off, you know, amazing wood grains and things like that. I did a few art shows out in Beverly Hills and some people would walk right by my, my furniture and other people would go my God, this is the most beautiful piece of furniture I have ever seen in my entire life. Look at that wood. They're just like spiritually drawn to the wood grain, right? I feel like that is the same for mushrooms. Some people go, oh, it's mushroom. Cool. I'm just going to use it and it's going to help me out. Great. Other people, there's, there is a, a true relationship with the mushrooms. If you've watched most of my podcast, you know, I have had people on who I think it's safe to say have a true loving relationship with and sacred relationship with that fruit mm, that mm -hmm. goes beyond even ingesting it and using it for its medicinal purpose. They just feel connected to growing mushrooms. They think it's a, a special thing. I feel the same way. That's really cool. Uh, I get really inspired when I, when I hear your podcast, when I hear you talk about it, I can hear the, um, the uh, not only the passion, but like the the honesty behind what you're what you're always talking about. I can't I help like it, that. dude. I, I, <laughs> I hit my head when I was a young kid. I was in a coma for four hours. Uh, I lost that filter. I just say the truth all the time, dude. 
Uh, well, in good ways, though. I mean, you know, you, uh, you're you very polite about it. <laughs> I try to be. Uh, let's see. Right. I'm never trying to have anybody on. So I've actually had this. I'd love to talk about this. So yeah. I've had uh, I've uh, I've had all sorts of people on. You brought this up in the beginning. Um, that was very important for me because as someone who was selling sterilizers to a lot of people, I I knew how many different kinds of people were doing this. And I said, well, if I'm going to have people on, I'm not just going to have people on from the TAT syndicate. I'm not just going to have this tribe on because, man, if you've been in the Cubensis community on social media, you know that there are absolute, I mean, it's gang level almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nasty. Oh, when I started making my sterilizers, man, I had gang warfare tactics thrown at me. When, 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 when you know, some of the people I've had on the podcast, I've, I've gotten messages like, why'd you have him on? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've had that. Why did I have whoever I felt like having on my own podcast? Because it's my podcast. Yeah. That's like walk, yeah. That's like me walking up to my neighbor's house going, hey, Bill, why the fuck did you paint your house green? Yeah. That's you his asshole. house. He can do whatever he wants, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> did you just ask me that? Get the out of here. Come on. <laughs> but to not just be a jerk about it, I had that person on because I thought they offered a new, unique perspective For that sure. might reflect a segment of the, the community that I'm a part of. Try to have all sorts of people on. I've had people on and I've shown respect to people who do texts that I would never do in a million years that I don't think work generally speaking, but I know they work for that person. So I've had people go, I can't believe you had him on. He, he said to do this. I know that doesn't work. I just had a guy the other day. I know who he is. This, this guy is, <laughs> I, I like him, but he also drives me crazy. He, uh, you know, somebody's on the, the podcast saying this is what I do. And he spends the entire time in the live chat telling everybody they shouldn't do that. They should do his way. Well, I mean, it looks like your focus is on the wrong place. Yeah. But anyway, I, I do that and I will continue to do that. I will have, um, man, when I had uh, the first female podcast, uh, heard little stirrings of some drama. You know, there's, there's, you know, human beings can be sexist. And so we're human beings are a part of our community. So there's some sexist people in our community. They had little stirrings. But then when I did the second podcast with all women, um, we had some drama go down. Some people were really nasty to some of the, the guests who were on and some people who were in other discords told me about it and it was despicable. And so, you know, I'm going to keep doing that. I'm about to have somebody, I'm about to have a couple of people on in the next few weeks that I know are going to piss some people off. I can't wait to piss them off. Stop <laughs> watching my show. Ooh. I don't need you to watch my show. You, if you don't like a guest, turn it off. What do you do when you watch Netflix? You start watching a show. You don't like it. Yeah. You turn it off. Oh don't yeah. Watch it then. I, I know. I mean, I, I don't need anyone. I'm, I'm here for the people who want to watch the show. Yeah. I am not here for the people who want to bitch and complain mm. and antagonize go start your own podcast yeah yeah direct be... challenge go start your own podcast yeah, you think it's easy work. go do it oh man it's oh it's high pe higher peaks you already know <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah it's a, there's a lot of pride swallowing uh yeah. and uh a lot of free work that you do you know it's oh, not yeah. all 
Richie, rich games. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many hundreds of hours I've put into it. Maybe about 400 bucks a month on, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to pull a rookie mycologist move and just say it. Yeah, right? like, no, I, I, I get put it. a massive amount of work into this. I'm making 400 bucks a month for the effort. Yeah, and I'm hoping you look that at will it. increase because I can't, I won't be able to keep doing it for the rest of my life at 400 bucks a month. No, no, it will. But, it will. but, but yeah, I, I mean, just I would encourage, this is why I loved having, if you saw the rookie mycologist episode, I had a lot of backlash from, oh, all he talks about is money. No, but he's, 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 he's saying a very important counterpoint to everything, which is a lot of people selling fruit in this community and they're selling fruit. They got a they got a problem with Micropose filter patch company. They got a problem with tip of the cap. They got a problem with any vendor selling micro supplies to people who don't want to. They don't want to cook grain. They don't want to pour plates. Whatever it is, and they they got this. Everyone should do everything themselves attitude. Hmm. Like they're mad at these companies for for making some money and augmenting and supporting a, a growing community, but then they're saying they shouldn't do that. But all they're doing is selling fruit. Hmm. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just why don't you just worry about yourself? Yeah. That, well, and that, that should stuff be drives in, me crazy. Yeah. I mean, that should be an individual choice. A lot of beginners yes. like to buy things pre-made because there's a right. lot. That's a whole other skill set. You know, to, I can tell you, I always encourage new people. I want you to get a guaranteed flush out yeah. of the gate. Yeah. If you respond to that and the cultivation aspect of it really intrigues you and excites you, then walk down that road. Otherwise, there are way easier ways to grow mm. your own fruit at home. Yeah. You might not get your little Boy Scout badge that says, I'm, I'm a real cultivator. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Well, you need to get a few successful. I think that's part of it's like golfing, man. You don't enjoy the first 10 times you go out golfing. Not really. You suck at it. You know, like the you first time you go the play last 10 times. Let's be honest. I did. <laughs> golfing drove. I mean, I. that's the problem is the minute I'm ready to quit golfing, although I haven't golfed for a while, but man, I, I used uh, to spend way so much money golfing. Mm. But just when I was ready to quit, then I'd have a good few holes and go, no, <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like the ultimate drug. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do a lot of golfing. I do way too much, way too much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like that where you got to get a few successful grows under your belt so that you you, you feel the, the cycle and you feel the the good stuff from it um, to keep you going uh, because, you know, yeah. once you get into cooking grains and making sub and, and doing all the work from scratch, uh, there's just so many other factors of contamination involved and, and oh, um, yeah. variables that just be really true. And, and, and all you got to do, I mean uh, the white beard episode, I really loved because for a while I was talking about ethics, you know, explicitly trying to talk about the ethics in the community. And he brought up, that he one of the ethical problems he had with the community was when someone would come and ask him questions and he would take one, two, maybe even three hours out of his day to, you know, to pass it forward, to share, share information and, and then have the person come back a month later and go, yeah, it didn't work. And they'd be like, oh, well, did you do this? Did you? Oh, no, I didn't do pretty much anything you told me to do, but it didn't work. How come? And uh, he was, I could tell he's really frustrated. Now, Whitebeard's super nice guy. I'm sure he has helped a bunch of people. But I felt when he said that, I was like, oh man, you are so right. Because I would say two out of three people will just, they'll, they'll listen to you and then they'll just do whatever they feel like doing anyway. 
and then wonder why it didn't work out and sometimes even blame you. Well, you told me to do this. Yeah, but I also told you to do these other five steps. You didn't do those. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, as you get into it and oh, we're going to do an episode about this. Uh, there's a lot of gurus in, in this community, right? There's a lot of families you can, you can buy into. I'm not going to name any names. Some of them primarily do a lot of good. Um, there's always a point though, where if your family, um, if you're being told that your family is the only place you should be getting information and you should only be doing the texts of the family, well, then you're in a cult, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm an, I'm an individual in America. We love our individualism. Um, I, I have learned a lot from a lot of those people, a lot of gurus, but I have not only learned valuable information from those people. So I always tell newbies, it's, it is good to actually have a guru in the beginning. You should just listen to one person who definitely knows how to grow mm -hmm. mushrooms, stick to that. And once you got that down, then you get to decide, do you want to try some other stuff? Do you want to see what it's like to do it this way? You know, mm -hmm. maybe your guru only grows in tubs. I know right. a guru that only grows in tubs. Every time somebody talks about bags, he gets super mad. But I grow a lot of great looking flushes and bags. So Yeah. And see, this is what got me when I first started all this journey is because I did look into these groups, you know, Facebook groups and Instagram and all these places and try YouTube and tried to collect as much varied data as I could. But what I found is mostly what I got out of it was you can't do this. And they just tear you down. And it's like. Right. First of all, I, I really, really don't like someone telling me I can't do something, especially okay. with mushrooms, because it's like, yeah. this is the one place you can do whatever you want <laughs> and find out, you know, it might not be the best. It might not work. But the fact is, it's a playground on these various methods and techs. And right. like, I didn't even consider myself just using bags. I use a tent and bags. Well, what is that? I mean, that's not bag tech and it's not tent tech. It's not Martha right. tent. It's not, it's just kind of a hybrid. It's just something I've kind of pieced together that does work for me now. And it allows me to do a lot of different experimenting on the same time scale, you know, and I and, like it, and, but I've had it keeps you engaged. Yeah. All the way. I have right? multiple stages. Yeah. And, and these are the stages that I've chosen to make and, and all this. And, but most of the time I get told I can't do that. Right. And it's like, but well, I've been I on Shroomery too. I've but been I on am. too. I've been <laughs> on Facebook. Go. I've been on Reddit. I know. It's brutal. Yeah. I hate it. It's brutal. So um, once I learned the basics, you know, I just started, you know, doing it. Exactly. And, and it's like uh, skiing, right? Or snowboarding. You can watch some videos and that will give you an advantage. That will give you an upper hand. But you are learning how to do those things on the slopes. Right. You got to go out there and do it. So that's, yes. I get these guys that ask me a hundred questions over the course of a month and I'm like, have you grown yet? No, I'm not answering any more questions until you just you pull go. the trigger and, and start growing. There you go. And it's like you said, with the, with the culture, the way it is now, you can find things like, you know, uh, spawned grain bags and stuff. You, you can start at a level that will, um, show you a few things, learn a few things and still get that flush out. Right. You know, yep. so, uh, but I, I love fully colonized grain blocks or, or grain bags uh, for a brand new person. Yeah. Because um, if you buy that from the right person, 
the amount of knowledge and expertise that is in that bag, that bag process yeah. and equipment is very high. So if they say, oh, it's 40 bucks for this, this five pound bag, that's cheap. Trust oh, me. Oh, I know. Well, and I see that. I'm that's like 40 nothing. or 50 bucks for, for what's been put into that, man. That's... For a guaranteed flush that's going to make oh, yeah. five to $800 worth of fruit. What are you complaining about? It's too easy. It, for me, it. I'm like, wow, that that's actually pretty easy. I mean, yeah. and I, I imagine- everybody I know that sells colonized green spawn, I'm like, you're giving it away, dude. You you're are. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's true. great. It's great you're doing that. <laughs> is there any so other yeah, thing? I, I, Go ahead. I was, was going to say, my, my big thing is for some reason in this community, it's probably in all the communities, although like I, I'm into mountain biking pretty hardcore. Uh, you know, if, if I ride a Trek bike, no one on their pivot comes up to me and says, God, you're riding the wrong bike, right? <laughs> they they will talk about how much they love their bike. Yeah. Or maybe they will even go, I had a Trek. It was okay, but man, I really like this pivot, but they'll never go, you got to get rid of your Trek and you got to get a pivot, bro. Right. They won't do that. But in our, in this cube community, people do that. Oh, you shouldn't grow in tubs. Yeah. Oh no. You should do no soak, no simmer. You're wasting yeah. your time. If you're doing this, this who, why do you care? Yeah. You have right. too much free time. <laughs> right. If you're worrying about what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And it seems like, and it shows the priority is wrong because the focus should be on, well, why are you doing this? Do you need this medicine? Great. I'm glad you're giving this a try. If you, you need go. help, I'll be here. You know, I'm, I, I'm doing it. I do it a different way. If you find your way doesn't work out, I, I would be happy to show you how I do it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and, and I think that's just cannabis 2.0. You know, cannabis is the same way. It's ruthless. People tell you all day, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't grow oh, yeah. that way. You can't use that. You can't, that sucks. That's dirty. That doesn't work. That's nasty. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, but sure. I think your point, uh, your point I was going to make about watching mushrooms grow, man. A lot of the reason I started a tent was because I like to sit there in the morning with my coffee, maybe a joint and sit there and yeah. watch them grow. It's just, it's oh, yeah. definite meditation, man. It is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so some people are going to feel that way and some people don't. And that's what I, I keep telling everybody. Like, it's cool you want to give this a try, but I don't want to tell you to buy a $1,000 flow hood if you don't even know if you like growing mushrooms. I don't want you to buy a sterilizer that two months later you're going to go, yes, you know, growing's not my jam. I want you to have the cheapest way to get a taste of what this is all about. Then if you grow a couple tubs buying some grain spawn from somebody and you're like, I like this, this is pretty fun growing mushrooms. I want to keep doing it. I say, all right, well, you got bit. I can tell your, your, your bet. You can say goodbye to your, you know, your expendable income, but here we go. <laughs> and then I say, buy a pressure cooker. We're going to learn yeah. how to do everything you can do with a pressure cooker. And then when that's going well, then I'm going to say, all right, it's, you're going to have to man up. You're going to have to get that flow hood. And I say that, and I stand by this because it's like, uh, in the trades, right? Um, I used to do some pretty high end, uh, restoration work on old historic homes. And so we worked with large timber and there were situations where you had to have the fancy specific tool. Like I needed a chainsaw mortiser or I needed a, I needed a, a spade chisel that was three inches wide and it would take me two days to sharpen it 
because sometimes you just got to have the right tool. The right tool makes all the difference. If you don't have the right tool, you're going to be wasting time and you're going to have subpar results. That is how I feel about a flow hood. You can use a still air box and you can have success. You can even use like, uh, you know, garment bag tech. There, there's a few other options you have. At the end of the day, I have never met somebody that said, I really regret buying my flow hood. Right. I haven't met that person yet. Everybody what? says, oh my God, contamination is down. I love being in front of the hood. Um, I'm really getting into agar now. Like I only hear positive feedback. And yes. I've also never heard somebody say, I regret spending $1,500 on a flow hood from Eric Myers or from Inverco or wherever you bought it. Like, before you buy it, you think $1,500 is a lot. Or even if you buy like a nice used one for 800 bucks, you just think, oh, it's so much money. And then you get it and you're like, oh my God, I'd pay three grand for one of these now if I had to. Like, Right, right. No, I agree. It's and I, I valuable tool. I I don't know how long I could do with a still air box. I, it's just so impractical to lot. me. It's... Uh, to me, that would just discourage me from continuing on. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Like having to deal with that. Now there uh, are guys. So this is the same way in. So in woodworking, some people are in woodworking because they love the wood. Some people are in it because they love the tools. Some people are in it because they love the furniture that they can make. And some people are somewhere, uh, you know, a conglomeration of those three. Um, I feel like in uh, cultivation, there are people that just relish doing things as cheaply as possible. They love yeah. if they can figure out a cheap way of doing it. I'll give you mm -hmm. a good example. Um, Broke Boy Fan Tech. Um, I, I had Whitebeard on. He talked about it. You buy a box fan for 20 bucks. You buy a, a Merv 13 and a Merv 7 or 8 filter. And you got something that is performing not too far off from, from a flow hood. Um, for a lot of people who can't afford... Uh, a flow hood that is a great alternative uh make two of them and it don't look too different from what i got behind <laughs> me right sure. so um i i admire anybody that that is engaged in the hobby for whatever reasons if if you i've also seen the most elaborate still air boxes i know what plexiglass costs and i'm like bro you could have bought a flow, hood. flow hood. yeah what are you doing <laughs> but who cares yeah i why do i care Oh, no. If you love cultivating, do it however you want to do. The proof is in the pudding. What do your fruits look like? I had somebody say, oh, he doesn't even know how to grow. I'll show you the pictures. You tell me I don't know how to grow. Right? I've gotten in conversations like that, though, but and I got accused of they were fake pictures. <laughs> oh, one guy told me, he goes, well, just because you pulled off that one flush doesn't mean you pull off, you know five others and so i sent him five more and he's like oh those are fake pictures <laughs> yeah. okay all right core belief whatever core belief you need to hold on to right yeah. we're good we're good <laughs> yeah. yep the older oh, i get and the the wiser i get the more i realize that the all wisdom usually comes down to who cares yeah yeah yeah, yeah. who cares so how much Ambition? time do you act <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's overrated how much ambition uh, never makes anybody happy. It might make you money and money's yeah. good. But, but yeah, uh, uh, the older I get, it's more about the things I'm letting go of are what make me happy. Yes. I agree with that. Also too, I noticed that comfort becomes a big thing as you get older. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
You're almost as old as Oh, me. yeah. I just talked about this uh, on the last podcast where I was like, you know, I don't sell fruit. Um, but and what most people who do sell fruit would consider bag appeal. Um, yeah. For me, I consider like storage appeal. So basic cubes, they're brittle. They crumble. They I it saddens me to see them get destroyed over time in storage, whether it's in a vacuum sealed bag or just in a jar. Even Melmax, big Melmac fruit do that. The caps, you know, are brittle. They fall apart. So I like stuff, apes, ODPE, stuff that dry real hard. And, you know, I can vacuum seal them. They look the same if I take them out. Um, and then also harvestability, right? Like I don't like harvesting fruit that tear up sub. I don't like harvesting a bunch of tiny fruits. Stormtroopers are one of my favorite cultigens, but they Me are too. not fun to they're not fun to harvest. No, but I don't it, care because seeing that tub, it, it's like, I don't know where you live. Uh, oh yeah, I do. You're in Portland. Um, no, no, Southern Oregon. Here, oh, Southern Oregon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, uh, oh, so you probably don't get any snow, but we get a lot of snow here. I grew up in Michigan. We get a lot of snow that the mornings when you wake up and it snowed all night and just everything's covered in that blanket of white, like, and it's just a magical thing to see. That's how I feel with those stormtroopers. So I'll put up with them being difficult to harvest. But yeah, the there there's so many um, aspects of how you derive satisfaction or uh, benefits from them. I love zone activities as a ADHDer. The more zone activities I do, the better. I love being in front of this flow hood. Um, I love activities where I almost never have to think but I have to still use my brain and spatial ways and stuff like that. So agar work uh, fits into that. Uh, harvesting mushrooms can, unless I'm getting frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> those Texas Nexus, man, they're a lot like those stormtroopers. They, they grow oh, a lot yeah. real similar. Um, let's see. I was going to ask you, uh, oh gosh, it just left me. Um, oh, what kind of grains do you use? Just out of curiosity. So I have experience with wild bird seed. Okay. And my, my only quick comment on that is when you go to your feed store or wherever you go, you, you want to find a wild bird seed blend where Milo and millet are the first two ingredients. The order can be reversed, but you want those to be the first two. Um, and you can, but you don't have to remove the, the big black. I don't know what those seeds are. Sunflower the seeds or something. Black. Is it sunflower? Okay. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, yeah. You know, it, I prefer removing them. Um, you don't have to, they float. They're easy to get rid of that. Wild bird seeds, dirty wild bird seeds. Great. I did not enjoy the, the prep. So mm. then I moved to oats. Um, my, my first real mentor, she ran oats. I said, cool, let's run oats. Her advice was whatever grain you pick, run it for a long time until you feel that you have mastered that grain before you try something else. Don't just every run, try a different grain. Usually you're buying a 50 pound bag of grain, so you're going to stick with a grain for a while. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I ran that and then everybody was millet gang, right? I, I, I was involved with some people that were hardcore millet gang. So of course I had to go buy some millet. So I started running millet and then 50, 50 millet and oats. Then I started running that no soak, no simmer. That all worked great. I found oats, even when I bought triple washed uh, whole oats, they still contaminated uh, a little more regularly than millet. I think it's just dirtier grain. Um, but I'll tell you where I'm at right now. I am popcorn. I'm a popcorn guy. Dave Wombat's a popcorn guy. I know a lot of people are popcorn guys. 
There's a uh, lot of solid popcorn guys out there. It's uh, I enjoy prepping popcorn. Mm. That's why I run it. It's not because mm. it's superior. I think probably millet for a consistent, uh, realistic size fruit that stores well. Millet's probably the most superior grain. Um, I ran no soak, no simmer. I couldn't. My hydration was never quite where it should be. I think I was high 40s, mid 50s percentage of hydration, and you typically want to be 60. I can, I can, I hit hydration on my popcorn every time. Uh, if you add a shot glass of corn syrup in the first cook, then you got drippy corn, and uh, you've never seen mycelium rip through grain like it rips through uh, some drippy corn. I can tell you that. Really? Um, I don't always run it because then it it almost is too fast, right? Like you get your you get How your time management fast? down. How fast is fast? For um, you? seven days. <laughs> if I inoculate, <laughs> if I no no, I'm not done. You're not. <laughs> you're gonna choke again. Get ready. Holy shit! If you inoculate seven drippy days. corn with liquid culture. I just do a squirt four times on each side of my grain jar. Uh, so you could do whatever the equivalent is on, on a bag, depending upon what size bag. Um, I, I'm doing my first break and shake at about 30% day two. Excuse me. Day two. Day two. Two, three days later, it's fully colonized. I do one more break and shake. It's fully colonized again in a day. Now that is cultigen dependent, but the the few that, that I like to run on drippy corn are lightning fast. That's too fast. <laughs> now the 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 other thing I do um, that might be a good tip for a lot of people um, for bags. I don't like inoculating bags with liquid culture. Me either. If I'm running bags, I'm gonna grain to grain from a quart jar into a bag. That works every time. It's it's quicker. I never have them stall out. Um, so that's just like a little tip there, grain to grain. If you don't know what that is, you can, you can, there's ways to figure it out. No, I get it. And I agree with you there. I, um, I, I've just been spending my whole time on rye. I haven't changed. I've been trying to master rye. Um, great. Yeah. I mean, rye berries, you know, that's a uh, old school Willie Maiko. I know, you know it's old school. Rye berries, right? I uh, love hearing Willie Maiko say rye berries. That's like, rye berries. I mean, yeah, love I, it. Yeah, they work great for me. And all my good cultures, I can get 20 days, you know, yeah. two, three mm -hmm. weeks. And I'm fine with that. Um, some of the worst ones are like four weeks, and I'm okay with that. It keeps oh, that yeah. stage kind of, you know, slower for me. But yep. um, yeah, so, uh, uh, Jeff Karras was just on going, you yeah, haven't tried drippy corn yet because my whole process is set around time schedules and yeah. the drippy corn would actually throw me off. That's kind of how mine is. All my stages are set up. So when I'm moving this batch over to this side and that batch can move in. So, um, but it works. I, I, and I can get here. I don't know what other people can get it at, but I can get 25 pound bags of rye for 20, 20, 50, $20 and 50 cents, $21. Oh, that's yeah. That's all those crunchy Portland Eugene people. They must it's like natural grocers, man. Natural yeah, grocers will. Is. You can go into natural yeah. grocers here and they'll special order those for 20 bucks for 25 pounds. Yeah, that's like, your cereal. And that's organic. There, right? Oh, oh, yeah. I could live off rye berries now, for dirt cheap. So speaking of speaking of the organic, uh, I had somebody, I used to get my whole oats from a feed store. Um, there's something to be said for, uh, you know, feed store is going to be cheap and maybe be a source for large quantities of grain. Um, 
you're going to have to assume grain from a feed store is pretty dirty. Even if it says triple wash, it's going to be dirty. Um, it's what I like about popcorn. Um, I am not selling in bulk. I'm not selling anything. I'm growing for myself and for the love of grown mushrooms. So all I got to do, I go to the grocery store every couple days. So if I need to do a grain run, I grab a couple bags of Jiffy Pop. I never have too much grain. I never worry about it going bad. And it's food grade, so it's pretty clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've noticed the <clears throat> the food grade, uh, the the rye berries that I get at natural grocers are pretty pretty damn clean. I just find with the berries, if to me, and this could be just me, but from what I've found, that the trick for me to keep contamination away from my grains is the soak time with those rye berries. Um, oh yeah. So I if mean, I, if the, I don't the get theory, the soak time the, right. Yeah, the perfect world. It's all about hydration. All the commercial farmers, um, Earth Angel Mushrooms had a podcast or had a, um, a YouTube uh, episode about this where he was just like, nobody is hydrating their grain right. Trust me when I say you're not likely hitting the that 60% hydration level that you're supposed to be at. Um, he's right. Now, with that said, you don't have to. No soak, no simmer. It works. It absolutely works. You're not hitting 60%, but you don't have to. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I got some uh, Zappa decorum uh, on grain right now that, that took longer than usual. I got a handful of uh, little uh, corn kernels on the top that I can tell dried out. So the mycelium won't fully engulf that kernel because it's not not wet enough for it, you know, not getting enough uh, not enough humid uh, moisture in it. But um, absolutely, one hundred percent, it's all about having hydrated internal grain, dry external grain. The closer to that ideal state you can get, the more likely you are. To have extremely white, vigorous, happy mycelium, hundred percent. Awesome. That's a trick. That's yeah. not easy to do, as you know. But that—that's the ideal situation. It's not, and I found that I've had to switch a couple brands or brands a couple times, and that factored in too. Like I—I I was getting one oh, yeah. farm, one farm brand of rye berries, and it wasn't. The soak wasn't the same as when I switched brands on that. So that became. Oh, even batch to batch, you can have that. With no soak, no simmer, you know, you get real dialed in on the weights and then you get a new bag and you're like, oh, this weight doesn't work. It's too dry or it's too wet and then you have to adjust it. So, same with field capacity. Both field capacity and hydration are moving targets, it's always evolving. And the real art and expertise comes in knowing when you're missing the mark and can make adjustments and. Yeah. What's your feeling on the hydration on the sub? What what do you like if you have a drier sub or a wetter sub, what factors does that contribute to? Do you know? So my my mentor, she's been on, she goes by Santana Bradshaw. She uh told me early on and this this was huge. She said if you're gonna if you're gonna be off on field capacity, it's better to be a little too dry than a little too wet. I still think she's right, um, but emphasis on a little, a, a little too dry. You definitely want to try to nail field capacity. For me, field capacity is taking a fistful of sub, squeezing the bejesus out of it. Now, of course, my grip strength might be different than yours. You know, uh, like if you're if if you're lifting all day at the gym and and, and you're you're you got really amazing grip strength 
obviously you, you're going to have to factor that out. I would say the average fairly strong man grip strength for me is probably where I'm at. When I squeeze the crap out of that, I'm getting one to three drops Right, is where I want to be. Yeah. And the whole theory on field capacity is that you can test it another way. Um, if you you mix up your your hydrated substrate and the next day you can reach down underneath and there's any actual water down there at the bottom of the container, that means that water has leached down and is pooling at the bottom. You're over field capacity. Okay. Field capacity is the amount of water the, the substrate can hold without it draining any of it without it draining correct now so yeah and then willie Miko had an episode not too long ago uh on youtube where he said um he said you know especially if you're mixing in a larger container um you got to check multiple places in your substrate container you might grab a fistful and be at field capacity but then a a third of your 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 tub or your cooler i mix in a cooler that might be over field capacity or under or whatever so you, you know, it's an ongoing process. As I'm bagging my substrate bags up, I'm remixing always, and I'm always rechecking to make sure I'm still at the right field capacity. Uh, being that it's so important, do you think that would, like, affect pinning? Or, I mean, w what is that going to affect? Fruit size, you think? Or not fruiting at all? literally all everything. Of it? You can grow mushrooms and be off. You can be too wet and grow mushrooms. I mean, like, when you grow Enigma, you want to be too wet. Some stuff okay. that's really slow, you probably want to be too wet, right? Because it's depending upon what tub it's in and how you have it modded or not modded. Yeah. Over time, that, mm -hmm. that cake is going to lose moisture both to, you know, metabolic activities of the mycelium, depending upon if there's any bacteria in there, and then just general evaporation. So there's so many factors to all this. And this yeah. goes back to what you were saying uh, mm -hmm. You and I both made the mistake of growing too many cultigens out of the gate. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 Zen master way of doing it is picking one and growing that until you are a master of it right. on every level. Absolutely. And then go to the next one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get cakes that just don't or tubs that just don't um, produce? I mean, it, even though they produce oh, for sure. before. Um, yeah. yeah, we just talked to somebody about, uh, you know, Oh, I talked to Jeff and he said, you know, I really don't get contamination anymore. Uh, he sterilizes a sub and, mm -hmm. you know, his his agar game is on point. Um, his, his tech for his, his grain bags is on point. He said he'll still have stuff stall out. My personal belief on stalled bags is I would say most of the time it's probably not not wet enough. Probably a little too dry. Um, and that can be for, from environmental factors. Um now, the other thing that'll stall you out, I just talked to uh, somebody, uh, I won't name names, but somebody who had actually had on the podcast recently, and he said, yeah, man, I uh, started misting my tubs and thinking it was going to help uh, everything out and everything stalled and I'm getting a lot of short squatty fruit. Well, misting works prior to primordia formation, prior to pin set. You're trying to create that little blanket of microbeads on top of the hyphal knots, on top of all the little aerial hyphae. And if you can get these really tiny microbeads, then that evaporation process really triggers the primordia formation. If you missed after pin set, you're running a high likelihood of stalling your fruit out.
Okay. I mean, there are just so many reasons. You could have a little real low-grade bacterial infection that will still allow you to produce fruit, but you could have a little pseudomonas in there. you still get fruit. Um, it, it might stall things out. There's just so many reasons. But at the end of the day, when mushrooms are being created out in nature, it's because at that moment in time, the perfect set of conditions existed. Usually a weather front comes in, you get a lot of rain, and then a warm front comes in and you get this great evaporation process and that triggers that fruit formation. Um, a lot of mushrooms, you know, like uh, we've been hunting morels around here. The minute ground temp hits about uh, 53, they start popping in the spring. And then when they're done, they're done. They don't come back, right? They, they got a pretty short window. Um, so all these different basidiocarps that are formed from different species have just this ideal set of circumstances that have to happen. So cubensis, we, we know how to trigger them. If at any point in time that process is affected negatively, it will it'll stall them out. Yeah, that's interesting. But you can still harvest those little pins. I mean, maybe if they're too small, you know, it's a waste of time. But if you got a little one inch fruit mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, darn it, it stalled out. I don't know this for a fact, but I got a lot of people that that believe uh, there's still plenty of psilocybin in those. And and I've my experience is that there's still plenty of psilocybin. Same with your yeah. aborts. If you're throwing your aborts out, you're throwing away psilocybin. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, um, absolutely. <laughs> I've noticed that. And like I said, when I'm using my tent, I <clears throat> I do tend to get shorter, squattier mushrooms. So. Um, I have to be careful when I switch them from bags to that tent. Uh, yeah, just every every environment, they're going to grow mm, differently. Yeah. Every flush, they're going to grow differently. Uh, Philly Golden Teacher just had a post where he, the first picture on Instagram was like the stalled out, ugly ass tub mm -hmm. that I would have tossed in the, in, in the mm -hmm. backyard. And then he said, 15 days later, the second flush hit and it's some great looking fruit. I saw that. And I was like, well, I'm still probably going to toss it. I mean, <laughs> I have, I always have too much fruit. I always have more fruit than I want. So I, I don't have that issue, but that's a great lesson. Well, right. see, that's gonna, the thing. Go, go ahead. I, no, I was just, go. I was just going to say, yeah, it is a lesson. And that's one thing I've learned from mushrooms is that when I first started this process, I had a hard time failing and it's literally worn me down to where I just, eh, I failed, whatever. What can I do different? Toss the bag. I'd think twice not. So, uh, which oh, yeah. is good. It's given me a callus to, to not only failing, but to, um, to just not even have any moment of, of negative feelings towards it, you know, just, oh, this failed, try to figure out why. And then it's just out of my mind after that. <laughs> Higher peaks. You're, you're might've just given away the secret to life right there, brother. I there guess you go. maybe <laughs> learn, 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 make a mistake. We're all going to, uh, yeah. the, the wood shop I, I learned how to build furniture in. They had a little plaque uh, above the entrance and it said the people who don't make mistakes usually don't make anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. There you go. Just... Lesson to life. Make mistakes, <laughs> make a lot of them, but yeah. learn a lesson from every mistake. If you do that, you are going to flourish as a human being oh absolutely so this is where that cultivation practice a lot of people that have had hard lives and a bad upbringings and stuff like that um 
I, I had some pretty awful shit happen to me in my childhood, but overall, I, I think I had a pretty good upbringing. I had some solid parents that did their best. And uh, I know people that had horrible, horrible upbringings. Every bad thing they ever did, I'm just like, shit, I would have done the exact same thing. I'm not even mad at you one bit. But this cultivation practice is teaching them some of those lessons. So you, you get a, the mushrooms get to be you on one level, right? And you get to see how when you care for something and you do the right things and you give it what it needs, it flourishes. And then you're like, oh, that's me too. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just, the cultivation practice, I mean, it, it can affect you. It, 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 I see in a lot of people, people that I met giving me nothing but addicty vibes. Like I know addicts. I grew up with some. I know what they, how they act. I know how manipulative an addict can be. Um, and then four months later, five months later, I'm like, who is this guy? This is another person now. He's saying things that are generous and are selfless. Where'd this person come from? I get Crazy. it. <laughs> like what, what is he cultivating? Is he cultivating yeah. mushrooms? I think he might've cultivated himself. a little bit of himself. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think going hand in hand with failing, I've restructured how I, um, how I look at failure in my life. Meaning that instead of saying I would not like to fail, I kind of structure it as in, I leave room to fail. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. So so I do my work and my intention and my daily activities with the idea that I need to do enough to make room for those mistakes to learn from. And that's really helped. Like before, oh, I yeah. wouldn't allow that room. I wouldn't allow, I can't make a mistake. I can't do that. I, I got to do it right the first oh, yeah. time. And da, 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 And it's like, yeah. wait a second. I got to know you're an engineer. You're an engineer. So <laughs> I know where that comes from. Yeah. You know, I, I, my whole family's, uh, my dad's that way. My sister and her husband are nuclear engineers. Trust oh, me. Wow. I know the desire to engineer everything. And I'm also that way. Yes. Um, but boy, Nike really got it figured out, right? Just do it, man. Just, Just do, do it. it. It's okay. <laughs> do it the best like you can. Like you said, you're working. It. Oh, you got a, you got a room full of, uh, you know, electrical engineers and your first prototype, right? Should be right. And it's not right. Right. Exactly. Something's off <laughs> on that. Not. So you got to debug it all every time. I don't care what, oh, yeah. like little software you ran it through something, the software won't because the physics are the physics, the electrons going to do what they're going to do. And then it's going to tell you it's wrong somewhere. And now you got to figure it out. Oh, Ooh, you're giving me nightmares yeah. again. Yeah. I did a but lot of, that's, uh, go ahead. <laughs> just do it. Just go yeah. for it. Work it out. It's like, uh, Man, I, I'm kind of I'm I'm into jazz music, and I, I got to be backstage uh, one time uh, at a Wynton Marcellus concert. He's a trumpet player, and uh, afterwards, this uh, the student trumpet player kid came up to him, and he's talking to him for a minute, and then he thinks he's being real slick, and uh, he knew one of the the songs that they had covered, and he knew the chord changes, and he heard what he thought was a wrong note, a wrong a note that didn't fit in the bar where he played it. And he really laid into that note, and uh, he he says that to Win Marcellus, and Win Marcellus goes, "Well, you know, you heard it, and I felt it." Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, "Boom!" Right, right. That's it. Right. Yeah, like all that, dude. I just freaking watched uh, American Idol last night with uh, my kids. 
and Alanis Morissette's on there and she's trying to tell these people like deliver the lyric last perfect because right like then you're showing your humanity mm, it's okay yeah. to be imperfect right yeah all the lessons all the lessons in life do not come from every the days you are nailing it i uh, know no, no <laughs> they you're not come from shit. the days you're screwing it up yeah yes yeah it's like when people get contamination in the beginning i say oh yeah just why don't you just watch it? Watch that tub completely fall apart and then throw it in the garbage and please do not, you know, get rid of it. But do that once so you can really yeah. watch what I, that I, trichoderma does. Yeah. And I got, let me, I got to add to that. Let me add a story to what you just said. So the first time I did that, that I was learning about trichoderma, well, I, I knew about it from cannabis, but with cannabis, trichoderma is actually beneficial. You know, in the soil, oh, trichoderma yeah. actually acts oh, yeah. as, as part of it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So mm -hmm. with, with cannabis, it's a friend. With mushrooms, not so much really. And so, but I was learning more about it. And this is way back. I had gotten a pretty good contaminated jar of grain, just green as hell. And uh, I didn't realize that, uh, yes, it will spore, but it really spores with water, with liquid. So yep. I opened it up in my house <laughs> and I was going to dump it down my drain instead of taking it outside. And I went to dump it and I turned the water on. And as soon as that water hit that grain, I had the biggest cloud of green just plume out of this tiny little jar. Just and I just watched it go all over my house. Oh my God. Talk about a learning yep. experience. I'm like, yeah, first you don't want to open it in your house, but two, don't, don't put any liquid to any kind of potential sporing anything. Cause it'll just release. <laughs> oh, the, the minute it's green, it's sporulated when it's oh, white, know. you know, and the white's fine. You can open it up in your lab when it's white, but once it's green, that's the spores. Well, and it's some, yeah. something about when that water hits all those, oh, all that green, yeah. it just sends all the, it just forces the spores out. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. I had to clean my house. Oh God. I had bleach and good times. <laughs> I mean, I, but on one level, Alcohol. you know, if you weren't trying to grow mushrooms, looks kind of cool. I love letting contamination grow out in Petri dishes. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like they, it, the, it's, it's artwork. all cool to see. Yeah, it is. It's all a yes. work of art. All of it is. <laughs> it is all right brother i've kept you on for a long time uh unless you got something else you want to talk about specific i think i'm good yeah this is great this has been uh, real fun I, I i'm just glad that uh every time i hear about a new podcast um that that's talking about this stuff i think it's great i think podcasts in general are wonderful ways of reaching uh, niche communities and yeah. getting a chance to connect. I really think the reason my podcast does all right is because we're all little islands in our basements or in our, mm -hmm. our bedrooms growing mushrooms. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but my wife doesn't want to talk about them too much. And, nope. uh, most people don't want to <laughs> go in depth talking two hours no. about mushroom cultivation. So this is a chance for, you know, people that love yes. cultivating and the medicine to connect and talk about it. So I think it's wonderful. It is wonderful, and I appreciate that. We appreciate you in the community. I know that there is a whole gang of people out there that really appreciate what you do every time you do it. 
Uh, I know I do. Um, and that's the only reason I'm here is, you know, we rebranded the psychoactive culture because I really wanted to include not just cannabis, but all the types of psychoactive substances that we use uh, as tools and in healthy ways and stuff. And exactly. I'm glad we did. But um, um, yeah, I appreciate, uh, you know, what you do for the community. Um, Thanks, man. Well, let, let me actually ask you that on, on finishing on this. Uh, how, how, are you and how will you handle this type of fame i know maybe that's not the right word but like you are known you do have a good following you do have haters so we know you're successful i do, I do. <laughs> you made it so uh so how are, how do you handle that and you know like going forward is that something you're concerned about or are you okay with it and you're good being in the public eye um well so fortunately i can you seem only charismatic. be me yeah. I can only be me. I, I do not have, I can't do fake. Man, you should have seen me when I was single on dates. Man, <laughs> the looks on some of these women's eyes. Like back when I worked in Hollywood, they'd be like, this guy ain't even trying. Like, <laughs> he don't even care. He ain't trying to impress me at all. I'm like, no, I'm going to show you who I am. I'm waiting for the one that says I like that. There you right? go. Like, there you I, go. I, I, nothing's ever going to change me. Now, I, I did work in Hollywood for a while, so I've seen how it can change people. Fortunately, I, I think there's just so much celebrity that can possibly come from growing mushrooms in your basement. So I'm not too worried. Um, and, and I know why I'm doing this. It's just to help people. I, I come from a family of a lot of people that went through a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of alcoholics, a lot of, you know, wife beaters and kid beaters and kid molesters and uh, drug addicts. And I, I mean, I just know how much healing the world needs. I It's not me. It's just, it, it's all the people I'm bringing on. I'm just creating a platform for people to talk about that. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, I one day would love it if I could reach more people if it could get bigger for the purpose of in enabling more healing. Um, I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. But you, not, I don't worry about all that stuff. The, oh, you don't worry the, about the death threats and the <laughs> stalkers. Nah, and <laughs> you know, you're funny. I, I'm pretty easy. You're pretty uh, calm. Yeah. It, it, if I can tell you can kick my ass, I'm not going to try to fight you. <laughs> I'm not going to try to fight you if I think I can kick your ass. Uh, but if you punch me in the face, Right. Like, I'm not worried about all that stuff. I know. Who cares? I know. I know. Um, most of the uh, what I believe about people these days is they're too lazy. Everybody making idle threats all the time. Yeah, that's so, true. I, I'm doing a good thing. If you're trying to fight that, I feel sorry for you. There you go. I agree. And you are doing a good thing, man. Um, so let my listeners know how they can find you, where they can find you at. You know, where's your show? Sure. Get all that good information out so we can find you. So yeah, go to YouTube, Myco Geeky, just how you think it's spelled, Myco okay. Geeky. Uh, it, it, if you like the podcast, I got gear on Etsy. Um, if if you love the podcast, I have a Patreon. I, I resisted doing this for so long, but then my wife was like, wait, you're not making any money doing this. This is costing you how much money? You bought how much gear? You're, she's <laughs> like, nope, 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 and nope. Yeah. And there was definitely a point where it's, it is a lot of work. It is. And uh, it is, I mean, I can't, you can't work 24 seven enough. You can't no. like, I don't go, I have people at work all the time go, 
oh, thank you for what you do. And I'm like, and they're like, I'm sorry, they'll go, yeah, I don't want to be here. And I'm like, me neither. They have to pay me to get me to be here. Like, yes. Right. Like we all get paid to do our job. Yeah. And there's a point where if you think you're doing it halfway decently, uh, you, you got to see some sort of money for it because I got three young kids, right? If, I, if mm-hmm. I'm going to spend two hours a day doing this and not with them, there's got to be some benefit for it that keeps my family afloat and at least not cost cost it money. So yeah, Yeah, I'm really hoping that that this can continue to be a vehicle for bringing the community together and respecting the diversity. And, uh, you know, it's like a gemstone, right? Like there's all these little facets on it and it's because there's so many different facets on it that it's beautiful to look at. Right. If it was just a rock with one face, wouldn't look cool a diamond with just a single face would look stupid it's gorgeous and beautiful and sparkly because it's got so many facets that's how i feel about the community so i want to just keep celebrating all these different approaches i'm going to have people on i don't like i'm going to have people on you might not like that's cool (laughs) don't watch that episode it's like the tonight show right if you don't care about Jennifer Garner talking about her stupid new movie, mm. then don't watch it that night. Yeah. If Will, yeah. Will Ferrell's on the next night, then and you like him, then you're going to watch it. It's yeah, that easy. Yeah. So, yeah, you my, said- uh, YouTube, Etsy, Patreon. Um, I, I, I'm Instagram. on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on all that. But if if you if you just find me on, on the YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, wow, I am old. I just said the YouTube. Um, the if YouTube. you find me on the YouTube, it's all in any, any videos got a description with all that information of my guests and myself, how to get a hold of us. Okay. And then, uh, you said you're not doing lives or you're moving away from that now or what? Yeah. So you- I'm moving towards pre-recorded, mm-hmm. uh, content just like you guys do basically like all the big boy podcasts do, right. They, they want to clean up the product. They, they, mm-hmm. they want to juice up the audio, all that good stuff. Um, so uh, I'm moving towards that both because it's making scheduling more doable for me. Um, you know, you got to hit, it's one target when you're live. It's like either you're available Monday night at nine Eastern time or you're not. Um, now you can be like, I'm getting off this and I'm recording two segments, uh, immediately after this. Oh shit. So sorry. It's been good for that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So we're, we're going pre-recorded, mostly been positive. I've been be able to up the production value a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll do lives. We'll still do them. They'll yeah, be yeah. for special events. I sure. Uh, that, yeah, that'll, that'll make it nice. Yeah. Like if All I right. can get Paul Stamets on one day, I got to oh, go live. Right, we oh gotta my go God. Live, right? You would, yeah, you would. Gotta go live. That would Someday. be awesome. We'll get there. Just keep I want to get all those it. guys. I, I, my goal is to get more and more leaders and advocates and i just especially with the decriminalization movement i want to get more of those players involved i I want the podcast to literally be a boot camp for how to get that stuff those balls rolling in everybody's regions so yeah well you know it's like if you uh if you keep showing up to practice you keep playing basketball you get better at it right so yeah hoping that happens yeah yeah. Well, I see it happening. And I, and I, uh, again, I really appreciate it, man. I, I really appreciate you sitting down. Thank you for gracing well, us man, with your knowledge class. and your, your professionalism. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and for everybody out there, I hope you uh, check out his podcast. It's, it's great. I have learned a lot. I, I just 
can't believe that you've gotten that many people and that variety of people to sit down live like that. <laughs> yeah, well, see, this is where ego works to my benefit. Because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to, like, you know, I'm going to the people I admire, the people who I yes. think are cool, and just saying, mm-hmm. I'd love hey. to show everybody else how cool I think you are. That's all. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Michael Geeky, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. And I hope that maybe again you'll come back on and I can pick your brain again, see where you're at. Yeah, we, you, whenever. I, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, if you always do one guest or how you do it, but yeah, if you ever feel the need, just reach out. Yes, we do return guests. Absolutely. Especially when, you know, there's, there's a value there that they're sharing, you know, absolutely. We'd love to have you back Perfect. on and check cool. in with you and, and see what's going on then. All right. Awesome. Thank well, you, sir. I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate uh, the, the offer to come on. I had a blast and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your day.